This is our last segment in our series on the anointing. You feel I need hair? Okay. Is that to help with the singing? <laughs> this is our last segment on the series about the anointing. We said, what is the anointing? Way back when we started, the anointing is the Holy Spirit working through a person or through people. And we can't do ministry here effectively. You know, we can do the ineffective one. But we can't do ministry effectively without the power of the Holy Spirit. A few years ago when Pastor Evangeline and myself, I don't know whether Stephen was in that group, but and Pastor Ari and others, when we went to a church called St. Francis, our pastor, Uncle Ben, he was a man of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. The ministry was so effective. The church was vibrant. The young people were giving their lives to Jesus and serving. So that's where we came out of. We came out of that environment of the Holy Spirit. And so we have found that the Holy Spirit working through a person, which is the anointing, is the most important aspect of ministry. Everything else is an add-on. The good lights, they are an add-on. The microphone and speaker so you can hear, all that is an add-on. Our new podium is an add-on. The incredible music, all that is great, but it is not the ultimate thing. The ultimate thing is the anointing. And the reason we teach like this in this church is we don't expect anyone to be a church goer. This church is not a club where you have membership. This is a movement. So when I look around, I just see senior pastors, bishops, missionaries, church planters, movements. Hey! Yeah, seriously. By the way, I'm not joking. I used to talk like this and people thought I was joking. Now they are overseeing several churches. <laughs> And they are still wondering what happened to them. They had their best plans for life. Even me, I had my best plans for life. They didn't include leading a church. I guarantee you that. Yeah. But here we are. <laughs> and so we have embraced the power of the Holy Spirit as the essential, essential aspect of ministry the anointing amen so i was thinking about what would be the suitable closing message for this series and as i was actually i sweated over it quite a bit it didn't come straight forward it sort of locked in late but i feel like it's the one i started thinking about jesus the one we are celebrating, whose birth we are celebrating. And I started thinking about the fact that he is our template. All of us, the Bible says God, his desire is that we will be, what, what does it say? Uh, we are being conformed 
into the image of his dear son. You'll do so badly if you become like me. So badly because you don't know some of the other stuff about me. You'll do so well if you aim to become like Jesus. I, I could guide you a little bit on the way. You're like, I, I'll copy that. I'll take that. But when it comes down to it, we are being conformed to the image of his dear son. And as I thought about Jesus, as I thought about Jesus, I thought about the scripture which says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And I thought that would be a good thing for all of us. There's a Bible reading method called Lecture Divinio where you insert yourself in the scripture. So this starts reading like how God anointed Ariko Kamara of, 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 of Chiwatule. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So you can put your name and your village and leave everything else intact. Am I making sense? And I find that if if this starts to happen to not one person, not two people, if this happened to a thousand of us, the world, the way you know it, will be over. I guarantee you. Yeah. The world... Hey. Okay, I think you're paying too much attention. You're scaring me. Not even a, a little movement. The world, the way you know it, will be over. If a thousand of us became this verse. And so I started thinking, let, let's start. Let's start on the journey. And I want us to talk about walking in the anointing. Walking in the anointing. Because Jesus, the Bible says he was anointed. It says he was given the spirit without measure. In other words, he was anointed with very few, if any, limitations. And Jesus said that we will do the same works he did and greater works we will do. How are we going to do it? By the same anointing. Amen. So the first thing I saw that needs to happen for us to walk in the anointing is that we must be born of God. We must be born again. Because for Jesus, he didn't need to get born again because he was born of incorruptible seed. His mother didn't have, didn't sleep with a husband to conceive him. That's, they, they call it a virgin birth. That's a core doctrine of the Christian faith. Two like this co-adoptions of the Christian faith. The virgin birth and the bodily resurrection of Jesus. If you, if you start hacking away at those two pillars, you don't have Christianity. What you're left with is a forgery. If you take away those two things. That's why all the philosophers through history who think they know better than God those are the two things they've tried to attack the most. 
Of course, they use these other roots like creation, etc. Those are just little, little things because, of course, they know they can't win with creation. Yeah, arguing against creation is dumb. <laughs> yeah, by now, people should have figured it out because you can't explain away the stuff. It's there, the grass is there. Where did it come from? Even if you take it back to some big bang, what banged? The stuff that banged, where did it come from? Hey! By faith we know that the worlds were formed by the word of God. Hebrews chapter 1. Chapter 11. So that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible by faith we know hey. let me go back to the issues of jesus by the way just for fun isn't this a flow service so i can flow if you ever get to a point where you're doubting the issues of god which sometimes you may get to. It's not a sin to doubt. Huh? Hey. Everyone is here looking at me like, me I've never doubted. Look, even me I've doubted. So take it home. I have always fallen back to three things that are unshakable, that are undeniable, that are you can't push it away however much you try the first one is creation it doesn't matter how good a philosopher you are you can't do away with earth and trees and rivers and lakes and water and the fact that you can't replicate this at least as far as our research is concerned anywhere else we have failed to find anywhere else where people don't need a lot of equipment to survive yeah, yeah that's why they are nude beaches hey. yeah. yeah. you're just nothing and you're still okay you can breathe and even shout at people can you imagine god is so good he created this place nothing you just are there and you survive yeah other places what suits what so creation is a fallback position for doubters the second fallback position if you ever get to a point these things happen to people and you are like god i'm struggling the second fallback position and this is important is the historical account of jesus that jesus is not an idea People didn't sit around to form a God called Jesus and start writing about him. The man lived. The man performed those miracles. The man died. There was a crowd. There are historical records. And the man was resurrected. There's a book by Lister Bell, The Case for the Resurrection. Imagine guys who were completely denying Jesus eh? on Friday. I don't know the man. I swear. 
Why are you saying like that? I've never seen the man. A few days later, they were willing to die. They were willing to die to prove that they had seen him alive. Think about it. What, what, what happened? They were crucified upside down. The very people, Peter, who swore, I don't know the man, Mvako, Mzijako Lugabo, Wafudewa, Tuareri, was crucified upside down, saying, I know the man. What happened? Between Friday and that, something happened. Amen. I'm not here into Christian philosophy, but just, yeah, yeah, some things can help you. And the third thing is transformed lives. Yeah. Transformed lives. Like you, some of you, there is no way to explain why you are generally okay to live with. Yeah. You know yourself. You know what you're capable of. Yeah. It's impossible. The miracles. You can't explain away the miracles. My brother was a chain smoker. Chain. From P6. For 32 years. 32 years of. He tried every trick in the book. Put it in milk. What? Walk around the house. Just reduce one at a time. Nothing worked. And the short 30 second prayer. Is now. Azono Pasta in Washington, Kungu. Never desired even a desire. How do you explain that? That's not psychology. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, the miracles. Amen. I feel like I'm preaching better than you're listening. I'm preaching good. Let's keep going. So, the twin doctrines of the virgin birth and the bodily resurrection are core to the Christian faith. That's why all the philosophers who want to tear down Christianity, those are the two things they go after. They try to make you look so stupid to believe that a woman who never slept with a man got a baby. And that a guy who was properly buried not only resurrected but even what jumped out without help now let's think about it at a logical level it looks so stupid but God is funny I think he has a sense of humor because if you think about it he takes these two completely stupid looking ideas and he makes sure that the two most celebrated days in the year by people who believe and those who don't believe from everywhere is the day we celebrate the virgin birth Christmas and the day we celebrate the bodily resurrection Easter and God just put, puts it as a deal with it on these two days everyone stops things become more expensive you can't get a, a bus to Kabale because the fares are up yeah deal with it 
Are there people? Hmm. How did we reach there? Being born of God. Luke 1 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who will be born will be called the Son of God. Mary conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't need to be born again because he was born righteous. He was born without sin. Now, what do you and I, what do we do? We were born, obviously, sinful because everyone here has a father, earthly. Yeah. If your neighbor tries to tell you, me, I'm also of virgin birth, slap them. And <laughs> tell them, what did you drink on your way here? <laughs> We've had only one. So the rest of us, our only choice is to be born again by accepting Jesus. By accepting the payment for sin that he gave. In, in John 1, 12, he says, and 13, he says, But as many as received him, uh -huh, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. And what does he say? Who were born? Who were what? Born. Who were what? Born. Who were born? Not of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God. That's step one. Step one towards walking in the anointing is to be born of God. Is that point over? Can I move to step two? Step two. Step two is to be filled or baptized by the Holy Spirit. That is step two. To be filled or baptized by the Holy Spirit. Luke 3, 21 to 22 reads. We are, we are going through Luke. So chapter 1, we finished the being born. Chapter 3, we are dealing with the baptism. Together. When all the people uh -huh, were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed... The heaven was open. Uh -huh. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. The second point is to be filled by the Holy Spirit. I already told you, Jesus came out righteous. He didn't need a second birth experience. But in spite of that... He never did anything significant for the first 30 years of his life. Why? He had not been filled by the Holy Spirit. Until he went down to John the Baptist International Ministries of the Jordan River and lined up in that line where people were wearing t-shirts written on brood of vipers, brood of vipers, brood of vipers. Then when they sunk him in, when he came out, the heavens opened. And God himself spoke. And the Holy Spirit came upon him. That is the day the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from being born again. Pastor Evangeline has a brother called Arimo. He's so passionate about this thing. He's the one we used to go to for 
tell us about baptism in the Holy Spirit. You can spend three days with that. <laughs> but it is a separate experience. As you can see, Jesus was already in quotes born again when he was born, but he needed to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the disciples in John 20, 22, he, the Bible says he breathed on them he breathed on them and said to them receive the Holy Spirit this is John 20 22 after his resurrection this is when they truly got born again they received the Holy Spirit but what does he tell them in Acts 1 8 he tells them in Acts 1 8 but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you he had told them earlier don't leave Jerusalem until you are filled by the Holy Spirit. It says, and you shall be witnesses to me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And in Acts chapter 2, we see the record of this incident. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, uh -huh, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. And what happened? As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And what does it say? Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled. Say with me, all filled. All filled. This is not for some. This is not for Pentecostals. This is not for charismatics. It's for all. All filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Speaking in tongues is usually one of the most typical signs of being filled. Now, Peter later on when he's explaining to the people what has happened, he quotes Joel and says, Joel writes the prophets and says, in the last days God saying, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Do you see that? So this business of being filled on the day of Pentecost is different from the one of John. And the difference is one they have they are filled the day you got born again you can't be born again without the Holy Spirit the day you got born again when he said yes to Jesus you received the Holy Spirit in you the day you there is a difference between having the Holy Spirit and being filled by the Holy Spirit are you with me so where evangeline comes from they like to take tea yeah. Tea. In England. Yeah. I beg your pardon? They take tea. And English tea, when you go for an afternoon tea, they take tea in these small cups. You have to hold it a certain way with three of your fingers pointing outside like this quite an affair and the cups are so small you wonder what the point is uh, yeah, the only thing made in China which is really of high good quality is cups and plates so when they say we bring out the China I hope no one here is from China please forgive so you're there taking tea and having small talk. Small talk in England consists of the weather, 
what else? <laughs> the what? The weather. <laughs> and then, thirdly, the weather. So there is this book called The Secret Dare of Adrian Plus. It's one of the funniest books you'll ever read. I, I used to read it and laugh all by myself until I have to sit down. So this guy, it's like fictitious about uh, some Christians. So they urged them to go and do evangelism and they went to the mall. So these two guys, this other guy, <laughs> he would just repeat whatever the other guy says. So when, when the guy is trying to pick up small talk with her, it's chilly, eh? Then he also said, it's chilly, eh? <laughs> they never won a single soul because <laughs> I wasn't working. Anyway, so in England, they talk about the weather. What else do they talk about? The weather, the races. Oh, how are you going to the Ascot Grat races? Oh, last year I did call. I did find it quite interesting. Yeah. We were in Middlesbrough last week. Middlesbrough. It used to be Middlesbrough. But, you know, Edinburgh. Yeah, some people call it Edinburgh. So, are you going to Edinburgh? No, not this week. It's raining cats and dogs over there. Oh, giraffes. <laughs> can be there taking tea, taking tea, yeah? Now, of course, some of you, you don't relate at all to what I'm demonstrating here, because your whole memory is filled by carrying a hectic mug of porridge from the dining hall in your boarding school, <laughs> back to your, your dormitory. You know those mugs where you have to literally look around the mug to see the person? You just see a mug coming and you're like, I wonder who is behind the mug. Yeah, the way they carry the mug, you, you even develop muscles. Eh? <laughs> Dr. Z. Eh? People just be seeing mugs. They don't know the person behind. Then when you peep, it's Tony Atida. <laughs> Life. What's life? People are there pretending to take tea. Yeah. By the way, when you go, just some warning the porridge people. <laughs> when you go for that tea thing, don't think the point is to drink the tea. Because you go like. Oh. <laughs> the point is to make small talk conversation. So you have to pretend to be taking the tea. Oh, yeah. Sounds, tastes quite nice. Nothing, you haven't, nothing has gone down. Yeah. For some of you, be like, first put three spoons of sugar. <laughs> Do you still drink sugar? <laughs> okay. Now, there is, let me use the porridge illustration this time. There is a difference between the mug having porridge. It could have some little porridge, you know, that one for banging the mug. 
It's different from the mark being filled with porridge. Do you see the difference? Yeah. One is for banging. It won't satisfy you. The other, you just keep watering. Huh? You take a little by little. You get, you get the point. So, one, you have the spirit. The other is you are filled. So, Jesus was filled by the spirit. So, that's point two. What was point one? You must be born of God or born again. Point two, you must be filled by the spirit. I'm talking about walking in the anointing. Now, pretty much most of the people listening to me are familiar with those two points because they've been talked about a lot. But now there is a third point. Even me, when I found it, I wished it wasn't there, but it was there in black and white. It's Andrew Maku who likes to say that some people will not let the Bible get in the way of their beliefs. <laughs> you know, when you're so tied to a certain belief system, even when they show you the scriptures, you're like, no. I've refused. Husbands, love your wives. No. You're like, now what do you want? Now, the third point, in order for us to walk in the anointing, it is to be tested to maturity. To be tested into maturity. I'll repeat. To be tested into maturity. Yeah. Let me first tell you why, and then I'll tell, we'll read the scriptures. Because <clears throat> now some of you are like, this whole thing was going so well. What's going on here? Be born again? Tick. Be filled by the Holy Spirit? Tick. I even speak in tongues. Now what is this thing? Now, I told you the anointing is the number one function of ministry. In other words, if you could think about it, in terms of spiritual matters, it's like the most essential equipment to do what you need to do. The anointing to a minister, which is everyone here, is like a ball to a footballer, or a racket to a tennis player, or a bat to a cricketer, or a what? Name it. Gloves to a boxer. It's like equipment. Now, what I have learned about equipment, like the car you came driving, if you did, or you came being driven in, no one gives equipment to anyone without testing them. Hmm? Yeah. Your car is not a toy. Yeah. You don't just buy and say, try. It's not for remote control, even if it knocks the table. You just bring back what? No. It's a real piece of equipment that can cause damage if the handler is not tested. That's why to be able to drive a car legally in Uganda, you need to go to driving school and they test, they train you, then they test you. You do a driving test, then they give you a driving license. That license, if you got yours from a certain street, which starts with the name of the alphabet, 
Mm. They didn't test you. You have a current up-to-date driving permit. Hmm. But that's a barcode, you know. Oh, it's just something. To get the and the bigger the equipment or the more complex equipment, the greater the test. The tests you go through to be allowed to ride a bicycle, which is largely self-inflicted wounds, is different. <laughs> it's different from what you go through to be allowed to drive a car or to fly an aircraft. That's a completely different level. Now, as I was reading the Bible, you people, believe it or not, I found that all the anointed people went through tests. Abraham was tested. Yeah, he was asked to sacrifice his son. Who comes after Abraham? Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Joseph was tested. He was sold into slavery, worked in Potiphar's house, and he said Pontius Pilate, thank God for a, a Bible-believing wife. Potiphar's... Some of you, when you ask your wife about the Bible, they'll tell you about uh, Looney Tunes or something. Anyway, Potiphar's house where? Prison until he reached the palace. He was tested. He was tested in the area of forgiving his brothers. Moses was tested 40 years out there, taking care of sheep, having been a prince. David was tested eight years running away from Saul. Huh? Elijah was tested. Jezebel. Elisha was tested. Everyone was... Jesus was tested. We are going to look at Jesus' tests and they will reveal some things to us. Paul was super, super tested. The apostles were tested. Now, if you become somehow, I don't know how it will work, and you become this incredibly anointed woman of God, or man of God who has never been tested... I would like to read your thesis because you will have cracked a code for us to get people anointed without testing. I, you will be the first one. It's the Bible. So I don't know. Looks like people, I had the people, now the people. Look for one to two. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus, together, huh? being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being what? Now he's filled. What happened? Returned from the Jordan and was led by... Is it the devil? Was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being tempted tested, tried for 40 days by the devil. Can you imagine? The spirit leads someone to the devil. The devil, I'm bringing you someone to test. 
Wow. And in those days, he ate nothing afterward when they had ended. He was hungry. Let me go through quickly. The writer says in 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world together, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You can sum up all the tests and temptations in the world into these three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Eve, that is Eve, Adam's wife, in the book of Genesis, they're about to give me that verse. What does it say? So, so when the woman saw uh -huh, that the tree was good for food, that's the lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, that's the lust of the eyes, and the tree desired to make one wise, the pride of life. She took of its fruit and ate. Gave her husband was with her. So, that's it. It's, 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 that's, uh, every test is in those three areas. The last of the flesh. You know what we do here at Worship Harvest on Wednesdays? Except in rest month. So feel free this Wednesday. Just go for it. Uh, we fast. It's like the body waits for the day you're fasting to have extra demands. It's talk, such talking to you. Season 21 is coming. The body will talk. On Wednesday, by 10 o'clock, there is a committee down there in your stomach. All the enzymes have formed committees, subcommittees, working groups, mission of communities, cohorts. Yeah? What, what else? Yeah. Commissions of inquiry. And they're like, what is happening to our breakfast? We've been waiting since 7 o'clock. The usual time when stuff starts coming down, nothing! Hey! By 1 o'clock, they go and get placards. And they write. They are ready for what? A, a demonstration. You know those small... It, it, uh, organisms that live in your stomach. Hmm. On the day, by one o'clock, placards. We, we want food. We want food. We want food. No more hunger. No more hunger. No more hunger. Unfair. 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 Hey. Then you make a mistake of passing some places. Someone is cooking some nice stuff. Ah. And the scent, the aroma starts wafting in your direction. Oh, it's like fuel for the other guys down. <laughs> <laughs> Now they even throw down the placards and they pluck what branches like Macedonian students now. It goes from a peaceful demonstration to a full-scale riot. <laughs> By 3 p.m. Tear gas. <laughs> uh, why are people looking like it doesn't happen to them? 
someone there is looking as if they fast every day of the year. By 3 p.m., a person who woke up straight like this. Their, their footsteps are shorter and the feet are not going too far off the ground. Like, Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. <sighs> you start counting down to 6 p.m. You're like 5 11. What can I do in 49 minutes? <laughs> To pass the time. Do you know what you're experiencing? The lust of the flesh. The flesh has meats. Yeah. It's one of the tests for anointed people to overcome that. Then the lust of the eyes. You have your car, you like it. Maybe you've been using it two, three years. It's okay. You've been servicing. What? Then you come to church and you park your car nicely out there in the field. Then this sister or brother, I don't know who it is, they come and park this car next to yours. Well, it's gleaming. It's shining. The white is still white. You became... I've already crossed into L. I hope UBL is not going to be a real number plate. Be like, bro, is limited, you know? <laughs> so you come from praising the Lord, listening to the someone, and even taking notes to suddenly find that your car has grown old while you were in the service. It has lost all the value. Like, this ramshackle thing, whose is it? <laughs> What's the problem? Someone parked. They are slick. UBK, Mercedes, or Range Rover, I'll name it. Next to you, I will not name it. <laughs> That's the last of the eyes. The car that was working perfectly now. I don't want. Even want to call the mechanic to say, send an Uber, I'm not driving this thing back. <laughs> and then the pride of life, that thing of trying to get ahead of everyone at all costs. Hmm? So those are the temptations, and Jesus went through them. Our time is up, so I will not go through all the texts, but it's all there, and look, look what? Look for. The devil told him, make bread. You're hungry. And what did Jesus say? He didn't say, let's sing a song. He said, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You can be going there and look for, so that we follow. And then the devil came and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, the last of the eyes. He said, just bow down and worship, I give them to you. And he says, he says it is written, you shall, not, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only, you shall serve. Then he took him to the temple and he told him, you know, this is a good way to introduce your ministry. He even quoted scripture for him. He shall give his angels charge over you. Just jump. Just jump from up here and carefully float your way into the temple yard and let everyone know Jesus' international ministries has arrived. You know, some things look good. 
but they are not God ideas. Not all good things are God ideas, like floating into the courtyard to announce the beginning of your ministry. It's, it's good marketing, <laughs> but it's not a good idea. So Jesus resisted the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Mike Brin summarized these three things into, what do you call them? Appetites, mm-hmm. approval, and ambition. Appetites, approval, ambition. What happens when Jesus goes through all of these successfully? Here is what happens. Verse 14 to 15. What does it say? Verse 14, huh? Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Ah! He didn't come back the way he went. When he went, he was filled by the Spirit. Remember that? When he returned, he returned in the power of the Spirit. And the impact was visible. It says, news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Where we started in Acts 1.38, he says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. You probably have always read it as one thing, with the Holy Spirit and power. No. If I say Timor and Ernest Rush, I tend to think those are different people. Yeah, the power is a function of the Holy Spirit, but the writer is careful enough to separate it and say he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, filled by the Spirit, and with power, returning in the power of the Spirit. So I'm here to suggest to you, since we are all going to go out there and start movements of the gospel, that yes, you're born again, yes, you received the spirit baptized speaking in tongues and yes there's a dimension of power that is available to the people who overcome these tests i need to finish we have a baby dedication by the way incredible wonderful baby dedication it's going to be short so worry not Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me finish this way. How do we overcome? Quick, seven things. One, we overcome by the word. We overcome by the. Is that blood word? I can feel feel in my. Your word will always prevail. So what you overcome by the word? The word is base zero for everything. It's the datum. It's the standard. Every time the devil came, what did Jesus say? It is written. If your word poor, if you don't know what is written, you only know what is acted. That's a joke. Someone was preaching here and said, it doesn't say it was acted. No, it's not movies. It is written. I know some people I have to like explain to the last before. 
Where is your humor? Written. One is what? By the time Jesus was out there facing the devil, he was equipped with the word. That's what gave him the victory. Secondly, we overcome by prayer. What was Jesus doing all the 40 days and nights? He was praying. He was talking to the Father. We know the records are there. Jesus, he rose early, he talked to God. He spent a whole night on the mountain talking to God. Jesus was a man of prayer. And you and I will only be overcome if we become men and women of prayer. I'm talking about walking in the anointing. You see, there is wishing for the anointing. It's different from walking in it. I can tell you by experience, you have to become a man of prayer, a woman of prayer. That's what Jesus was doing there in the wilderness. Three, you overcome by fasting. The Bible is very clear. He fasted 40 days, 40 nights. You don't have to start at 40 days, 40 nights, but you have to start fasting. Because fasting is the direct confrontation against the lust of the flesh. Yeah. While the committees are meeting and sending envoys to your nose to smell even stuff from a kitchen a mile away, you would send back an envoy and say, today we are not eating. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. If you die, die. I will get other enzymes. You overcome by... Let me tell you guys. Eh? I know there is a reason you are in church today. You didn't come to be entertained. No fasting, no power. Yeah. That's how it works. No fasting, no power. That one I can tell you properly. You'll just be wondering why your mission community remains three, three people point seven for three years. There's something missing. On Wednesday, you eat, all your MC eats, all of you eat, you don't do evangelism. No, no fasting, no power. That's point three, right? Point four, generosity. Jesus taught in Matthew 6 about prayer, about fasting, about giving. He said, your father who says in the secret reward, reward you openly. Jesus was the richest man that ever walked the face of the earth, and yet he didn't have things around him. That should tell you something. What was he doing with whatever he got? Hey. You, do you ever see in the Bible a record which shows like Jesus is struggling to move around with his stuff? Are you going to be that person who doesn't understand the scriptures and tell us that Jesus wasn't the richest person on earth? He was. Whatever he needed, he manifested. I don't, I don't think I, I remember any single record of Jesus manifesting any resource for himself. It was always for others. The, the one time where it involved him was the taxes. Even then he paid for himself and for Peter. I will continue. Generosity. If you want to know the move of God in your life, you must be a generous person. 
That's how it works. That's what I've seen. F five is what? Obedience. We are talking about steps to walk in the anointing. You must be a person given to obedience. Why? Because all these four things I've talked about look like sacrifices. But the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. God confronted some people in the Old Testament and he was asking, when you fasted, did you fast unto me? Can you imagine? You've been there going hungry before God and then God is like, no. I'm not the one who told you to fast. Because you're, you're trying to manipulate me with your fast while refusing to obey. Hey. Yeah. So like you can't be fasting to get someone else's spouse. Yeah. Yeah, some people, some, someone was praying and fasting, I think, for someone else's spouse. This story is told by Andrew Mac many times. Someone was trying to get married to Kenneth Copeland. The only problem was that Kenneth Copeland was already married. So they prayed, organized prayer meetings. They even did a, 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 a wedding by faith. The things that stupidity can do to you by faith but without the groom yeah true stories so people can think that you can use faith keys to manipulate God it doesn't work God, God demands to be obeyed God, obedience is God's love language yeah if you want to know how God feels loved, for him, he loves constantly. He loves the obedient and the disobedient. He loves everyone. But if you want to know how he is loved, it is obedience. Faith and obedience. That's God's love language. Uh -huh. What was number six? Love. If I can speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm clanging gong if I can give my body to be burned but have not love I am nothing and then lastly seven ministry what's the point of the anointing if you're not going to go out and do anything with it nothing so we must go out and minister that's why we are anointed the spirit of the Lord has, has what is upon me and he has anointed me to preach the gospel amen so the anointing is for ministry. So if they give you the equipment, but you're just packing it in the, in the park, in the garage, it doesn't help anyone. Amen. Are we together? We have understood each other how to walk in the anointing. What was the first point? Born of God. Be born again. The second point? Be filled. The third point? be tested to maturity you will be tested to maturity yeah. one of the days you'll find out you're anointed is when people start saying, start saying funny things about you where even you when you hear it you're like hey, I, I'm supposed to be that evil <laughs> Bishop Doug said that after 30 years of ministry you will find that there is not a single thing you have not been accused of if you last 30 years there will be nothing that you haven't been accused of all of those are tests 
are you with me amen so what do we do to go through the test we resist the appetites the need for approval and the ambitions what's our appropriate response the word prayer fasting giving obedience love and ministry amen do you receive it awesome wow why don't we stand and pray together thank you so much thank you for being here thank you for being present today uh, just help me lift your voices and start thanking God for his goodness for his grace thank you Lord thank you Jesus your love is perfect your love toward us is perfect thank you for calling us thank you for the testimonies we've had today about the things you've done for us this year opportunities to work in places opportunities to study thank you for the testimonies of renewal in our spiritual lives renewal in our families thank you for the gift of children that you've given different families to this year thank you so much for the gift of salvation for the 40,000 plus people that have got to know you this year through this ministry we give you praise we honor you may your name be glorified today today come on people lift your voices lift your voices and pray and glorify God just pray in the spirit if you know how to do that let's just let's just thank the Lord let's thank the Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus you are wonderful you are lovely you're glorious thank you for the opportunity to worship you freely thank you that you brought us to the end of this year all the difficulties we've faced we may have lost loved ones but you've carried us through you've given us courage you've given us joy in the midst of complication and difficulty we bless you be exalted lord be exalted lord we worship you lord we adore you lord we say may your name be praised always and always and always and always and thank you lord for the gift of the holy spirit thank you that you have called us and given us eternal life and anointed us that we may go and preach this gospel to people who are lost people who are hurting people who are in pain people who are broken that you're sending us to be agents of your message and friends our first point we looked at is that you need to be born again if you're not born again to walk in the anointing so right now you may be in the room and you've never given your life to Jesus while everyone else is praying wherever you are I just want you to put your hand up I will I'll pray with you and you will receive Jesus it is that simple it is a very very straightforward process no 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 drama so just put your right hand up and I will pray with you to receive Christ the Bible says today is the day of salvation so if you're the one don't postpone don't, don't wait don't wait this is what we do when we start our walk with God amen amen come on now I want to see your hand if you have never given your life to Jesus you can come boldly to him to the throne of grace and find help in the time of need amen God is calling you God is calling you by name 
He wants to give you eternal life. God's calling you by name. My brother, my sister. God is calling you. Awesome. Just make sure you check with your neighbor. They may be putting their hand up and I'm not seeing it because of the lights in my face. So just, just double check in case someone wants to give their life to Jesus. It is worth stopping the service to give you that opportunity. That's why we are here. We are here for you. Amen. Awesome. So thank you, Father, for this message. Thank you because you are good. And in case you're watching this program later on online and you want to give your life to Jesus, I still want to give you the opportunity. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Forgive me my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Take my life and do something significant with it. If you pray that prayer, I believe you're born again. There's a number on your screen, 0775642449. I want you to text that number. There's a pastor on the other line, end of that line to respond to you and help you take this walk with us. Amen.